Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello there. Thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Podcast. I'm Toby Milden. And today I'm joined by Sophie Holm, who is the uh, Chief Executive of Progress Together. And Progress Together specialise in social mobility and socioeconomic diversity, um, particularly within the financial services sector. And having worked in the city myself um, and for organisations like Accenture and Deloitte, I know that this is a a huge uh, diversity uh, item that really has to be addressed within the City of London uh, and particularly within the financial services sector. So I'm really excited to be sitting down with Sophie today to learn more about who she is and her personal background, why socioeconomic diversity is is so important to the diversity and inclusion agenda and the work that that she's doing with Progress Together to to really address this for organisations. So, um, Sophie, it's uh, lovely to see you. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Toby. Thank you for having me. So, um, before we kind of get into the the the, the meat of the uh, the interview, can you just let us know a bit more about yourself and what led you to to running Progress Together? Yeah, sure. So, I've worked in. Uh, in the City of London Corporation for, for a decade or, or so, working with financial and professional services across the UK uh, on two different, well, three different agendas, actually. So one is skills policy. How do we ensure that the UK's financial and professional services has the, the skills it needs to be globally competitive? Before that, I worked in corporate responsibility, so supporting, again, UK financial and professional services to uh, develop responsible business programmes. And, and since then, I, I've moved on to a more of a focus on social mobility and specifically socioeconomic diversity. And really, why I'm in, interested in this is I used to work for a welfare-to-work welfare organisation. So I was an employment advisor. This was 20 years ago or so. And I used to support clients that were long-term unemployed and try to get them into jobs. And I was finding that the employers weren't taking them seriously. Um, and I thought, well, actually, I want to try and tackle this from the other end. And so that's when I actually moved into, into the city uh, to see whether I could do something uh, from the city's perspective and work with employers to, uh, to work with a diverse range of candidates. Brilliant. Um, could you let us know a bit more about what Progress Together is and, and the work that you do? Sure. So Progress Together is a membership organisation. It specifically helps UK financial services firms to get better at socioeconomic diversity. And we're looking at senior level socioeconomic diversity here. What we're finding is that lots of employers focus on access and outreach. So working with schools, getting a diverse group of individuals into the the bottom rungs of the organisation. But what we're finding is that talent doesn't stay. Uh, So we know that looking at across financial and professional services, 50% come from non-professional backgrounds by parental occupation at 14. And and that's the definition that the Social Mobility Commission use. Um, But actually, we know that they're they're not staying. And we've got evidence to show that um, at senior levels, it's uh, 89% are actually from professional backgrounds. 
so there's a big drop off. Um, and, and so that's what progress together is all about. It's about supporting employers to keep the talent that they've worked so hard to get within the organizations to retain the talent and to progress them all the way up to the top. Yeah, that that actually resonates with my experience because we do a lot of um, diversity and inclusion surveys for our clients mm -hmm. and we ask questions around social mobility. And uh, one of those questions, you know, at, I think it's one of the recommendations from the government to ask is around parental occupation. And yeah, so what you're saying, we're, we're finding in, in the surveys that we do ourselves mm -hmm. as well. Um, so why why do you think that socioeconomic diversity um, is an important element for diversity and inclusion um, that employers really should be focusing on? Often it's the one that's been left behind, frankly. It's not a protected characteristic. Um, social mobility is becoming more, uh, more of interest to firms. But we know, from, for example, from the Women in Finance Charter, um, that of all 209 signatories to the Women in Finance Charter, only 27 of them, 27 of them collect socioeconomic background data. So although firms are interested in social mobility, actually not very many firms understand the socioeconomic makeup of, of their employees. And I, I think because it's a, a hidden characteristic, it's really important for firms to get a sense of um, what their employees' backgrounds are so that they can support them to progress. We did a piece of work with the Bridge Group two years ago, and we found that there was a 25% progression gap. So those from lower socioeconomic backgrounds progressed 25% slower than their peers, and there was zero link to performance. And this is having a damaging effect on our employers and the individuals themselves, because we, we um, interviewed over 100 individuals, um, and they said that they were wasting uh, energy conforming to dominant cultures, and this was yeah. impacting individual performance. So as, a, yeah. as someone that's very focused on ensuring that financial and professional services has the skills it needs to, to be competitive, we have to ask ourselves, what's the, um, what, what are the productivity impacts here? If we're finding we're getting people in and actually they're wasting so much energy trying to conform to those dominant cultures, uh, that, that's impacting whether they stay and whether they can be their, their best selves while they're, while they're in work. So that's why it's so important, I think, for organisations to not just look at the protected characteristics, but also socioeconomic background. Definitely. And when when people do leave an organisation, I mean, that, that costs a business money. Absolutely. And the Financial Services Skills Commission have um, just produced some research, which I think it says it's, it's £49,000 every staff member that they have they lose and they have to replace. That, that's how much it costs. This is yeah, big numbers if you add it all up. Yeah, I interviewed uh, Emma Codd, who was my uh, my boss at Deloitte. Um, and at the time, she was the the UK partner for talent, which included diversity inclusion. She's now the the global lead on diversity inclusion for Deloitte. And it was a really fascinating interview because one of the one of the things that she did to try and build the business case for diversity at Deloitte was calculate the cost of women leaving the business mm -hmm. for work life balance reasons, and the it ran into the millions. And so anyone. Uh, yeah, I, I encourage the person listening to us right now to to go back uh, and listen to that episode with Emma because she used that as a way of trying to get other partners on board mm. because she would say to the other partners, you know, look, 
I've got X, X million of pounds, you know, on the table. Shall I just throw this out the window? And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, quite an, an effective way of, of getting senior leader, leaders buy-in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and the City of London recently produced some, some research, uh, building the baseline, it's called, uh, where they, they look at the intersectionality between uh, the different diversity and inclusion lenses and, and within UK financial and professional ser- services, I think they, they surveyed 49 employers um, and 9,000 staff and they found that of senior leaders, 45% of senior leaders were, were white men from professional backgrounds mm. and then it goes down to 1% of senior leaders are ethnic minority females from working class backgrounds. And you don't yeah. get that that detail until you start collecting data on all the different characteristics so that you yeah. can target interventions to those employees that, that need the extra support. Yeah, because I've had some quite interesting client case studies myself. So I, I've been working with a professional services firm and over 30% of their employees were privately educated. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something like 7% of the UK population um, went to private school. So it was quite interesting because it was creating a certain culture in the organisation. And anecdotally, people were saying things like, that they go to work in the morning and their colleagues are talking about the skiing trips that Mm -hmm. they've been on. And they felt that that was something they couldn't relate to. And there there seemed to be this divide between the kind of fee earners who were predominantly privately educated and the, the kind of operational mm-hmm. support staff. Um, and that was quite an interesting thing. Um, and then another case uh, client case study is that um, I've worked with a manufacturing company and most of their staff live within a couple of miles of the factory. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their staff haven't been to college or university uh, and they come from that their parents worked in kind of manual jobs as well. And what this particular client has realised is that they can help people with their social mobility by, uh, you know, skills development within the business. So they're looking at how somebody can move from the factory floor to, say, the marketing department if that's what they want to do and what and also what they could do with like local schools and colleges as well so I just wanted to share those with you because those are kind of like two very different examples of how I think organizations have been really considering social mobility and and responding what what are your thoughts on that and, and I think it depends on the sector so in in financial and professional services for example there's a real need uh, or senior sponsorship is is critical to progression in, in financial and professional services and mentoring is impactful mentoring works and reverse mentoring works and um, it but we mustn't forget that this isn't just about changing the individual this isn't just about changing people um, yeah. you know in a sense why should they have to change their accent um, to why should they have to conform uh, to yeah. fit in? If you have transparent processes around uh, access to senior sponsors or uh, transparent processes around work allocation, who gets the meaty projects and pro- transparent processes around promotion, that will support those those individuals that don't necessarily uh, have 
the, the familial or educational connections within a firm uh, or, or someone that they can talk to about the, the golf club that they both went to at the, at the weekend. Um, we yeah. need to make the processes work for everybody in the firm and, and not yeah. just focus on on how do we ensure that the, the people can change to fit. Yeah. If your company has a great diversity and inclusion strategy, if your organisation has an amazing work culture where productivity is peaking, if the best talents in your industry are working for you, if all your employees are happy and feel included, then feel free to skip this message for about 30 seconds and continue listening to the podcast interview with Toby. But if you feel that your company is lacking in any one of these areas, your employer reputation is taking a hit. Toby Milden is one of the UK's leading diversity and inclusion experts who has helped top companies like Deloitte, the BBC, Sony Pictures and Centrica, as well as numerous scale-up businesses who want an outstanding inclusive culture. To go further in your diversity and inclusion journey, log on to Toby's webinar at www.milden.co.uk forward slash free hyphen webinar to accelerate your company's diversity and inclusion strategy in 40 minutes. Thanks for listening. And now back to the podcast interview with Toby. You've touched on this already and it'll be good to understand it a bit a bit more. But Progress Together focuses specifically on socioeconomic diversity at the senior levels within the UK financial services. Um, why do you focus only on senior levels? Because we, we identified a gap, essentially. There is a huge amount of work taking place at access and outreach, and there are so many wonderful organisations supporting firms with, with that. So whether that's Social Mobility Foundation, uh, Upreach, Sutton Trust, there's, there's lots out there. Um, but we found that there wasn't that support for employers to really focus on the progression piece. Um, and, and that's what the, the, the employers, that's the next step, really. Uh, employers aren't collecting the data and they're, and they're not tracking the data uh, with rates of progression. Um, yeah. And and that's really the, the competitiveness piece that comes in. As I said earlier, it, it's a waste of time and effort if you're focusing on getting people in through the doors and appealing to, to school children and, and young kind of apprenticeship students but then they leave. If you don't get the progression piece right, it's a waste of time and effort. So what's your involvement been in setting up the task force and, and what has it led to? So the task force uh, was designed by me two years ago. Um, it was commissioned by government, so commissioned by government departments, um, Bays and HM Treasury. Uh, the commissioning ministers, John Glenn and Nadim Sahawi at the time in, in 2020, asked the City of London to lead a task force aimed at boosting socioeconomic diversity at senior levels across UK financial and professional services. Uh, and I, I suppose I was the architect for the, for the task force and um, uh, designed the how it would work and, and led it for, for the last 18 months. The task force has three work streams. It, the, the task force as a whole is chaired by Catherine McGuinness, the City of London's former chair of policy, uh, and three work streams one is uh, setting up progress together, which we, we can talk about, and that, that work stream is being chaired by the Lord Mayor, Alderman Vincent Keaveney. 
Another work stream is being chaired by Andy Haldane, so former chief economist of the Bank of England and now CEO of the RSA. And the work stream that Andy is leading is what's the productivity piece and the business case around greater socioeconomic diversity. So we already have some research on this, but actually employers are asking us for more and more. You know, If we're going to do this right, what's that going to mean for the business? Yes, there's a fairness point. Uh, and I mean, that that's just obvious. But also, what's the business case? And then the third work stream being chaired by Sandra Wallace. So she's former co-chair of the Social Mobility Commission. Uh, and her, her work stream is an industry consultation to find out what can government, sector bodies and regulators do to incentivise employer action in this space? And so one of the some of the questions that uh, people, employers are telling us is, or one of the things employers are telling us is that, OK, we'll do this. We believe in it. But actually, we might wait a little bit until the regulators really push us to collect that data and do something about it. Uh, and it's been really positive. Actually, we've been engaging with the regulators at the FCA, PRA, Bank of England, uh, and their consultation is due to come out soon to, to ask regulated, fir- regulated firms um, what should they be doing in, in this space. And their discussion paper that came out last year, uh, socioeconomic background was absolutely um, you know, front and centre of it. And I expect that uh, it will be included in their consultation that's uh, expected in the next couple of months. So the regulators are taking this seriously, which is is what employers are are waiting for, really. Definitely. And I mean, those sound like three really impactful work streams. Um, I mean, what is your personal, or or, sorry, why is social mobility so important to you personally? Mm. So I, I remember my dad being on the dole. I remember him applying for, for, for jobs that he didn't want. I remember having lodgers in the house. I remember my mum uh, as a mature student trying to uh, get a better education to, to, to make more of, of, of where she was. Um, it's really important to me on a personal level because of those memories. And I remember also an interview about 15 years ago where the interviewer asked me, the interviewer noticed that I'd gone to university in Bristol. And she, even though I'd been to the, the best performing business school for my particular course, I knew that she had that I knew that she had was referring to her own university, which was a red brick university in the same area. And she assumed yeah. that I had been to the same university. Yeah. And knowing that I'd been to an ex-polytechnic. I didn't correct her. I didn't say, no, actually, it's a different university. And that feeling in my core of feeling embarrassed about my upbringing made me want to do something about this. And a few years later, after that, I had a conversation with um, our former chair of policy. This is a few years ago at the City of London. Uh, so our most senior politician. And I, he was speaking about his uh, background to a group of academy students and uh, and it, we realised that he'd gone to an ex-polytechnic as well. And at that point, I thought, OK, my background shouldn't hold me back. I shouldn't be embarrassed about the level of education I've, I've got, um, what my mum and dad did for a job, uh, what I have as a hobby, um, the fact that I didn't go on any skiing holidays. I shouldn't, that sh- I shouldn't let that hold me back. 
And that was the light bulb moment. And I'm I'm really keen for others within financial professional services and, and across the economy to have access to those role models that say to you, it's okay. You don't have to have gone on all those skiing holidays. You don't have to be able to talk about which golf club you're a member of. Um, you don't have to change your, your accent. We should be accepting of everyone, regardless of their, their background, because diversity uh, of, of background, diversity of individuals brings diversity of thought. And thinking just now about financial services sector, we have huge um, societal and economic challenges to contend with. And it requires greater innovation. And if we don't have that diversity of thought, especially at senior levels, and senior levels are the ones that make the decisions and and bring around um, cultural change and and set the tone. If we don't have diversity of thought at the top, then I think that's a problem for the sector and, and for the economy and for the country as a whole. Yeah, definitely does. Definitely does. And yeah, and I it's not just the financial services industry that's facing this you know the the whole country is facing a lot of societal challenges we are becoming an ever more diverse country so the talent that we can draw draw from is incredibly diverse but the question is are we being as inclusive as possible when people arrive in your business Mm -hmm. because if we're not then we're not setting people up for success and we're not helping them thrive in their roles um, I mean, where where do you see socioeconomic diversity in the next five to ten years? In an ideal world, progress together won't exist because we would have we would have reached enough organisations. Uh, they would have made a change. They'd start collecting data, figure out what their starting point is, set targets, set their own targets, and and, and ideally, we want to get to parity. So we know that across financial services, we know what the workforce looks like at all levels of of seniority. We know that in financial services, we know that across all sectors because the Labour Force Survey has that data. We know what the economy looks like in terms of socioeconomic background within specific sectors and across the UK working population. We want the, the makeup at the top to represent the whole workforce within an organisation within a sector, and ideally within, ideally within the UK working population as well. Um, it shouldn't be any different at the top as it is for the rest of the, the population of, of the workforce. Brilliant. So this is the Inclusive Growth Podcast, and everybody gets asked this question: um, What does inclusive growth mean to you? So it's growth that that positively impacts everybody. So. For progress together, this is not about supporting one group of individuals over another. This is about levelling the playing field for employees from all socioeconomic backgrounds. So it's not that one socioeconomic background is is better than the other. It's it's just that we want um, opportunities to be the same for everybody. But we want that so that our individuals grow, so that our organisations grow, so that the economy grows. Uh, so, so that we as a society grow um, and we grow because everybody is involved in that and is included in that growth. That's really cool. And if the person listening to us right now wants to learn more about Progress Together and join, join you, uh, what should they do? So they can have a look at our website, which is www.progresstogether.com 
www.employersmatters.co.uk. We're a membership organisation, so the kinds of things that employers will benefit from are peer-to-peer mentoring, um, workshops, webinars, uh, access to resources and tools to, to support firms to, to, to address this agenda and, and start to collect the data and also benchmark against peers. So you find out where, where you stand against, against clients, customers, uh, suppliers and, and competitors. Uh, so just have a look at our website and uh, do join us if you're a UK financial services firm. Brilliant. Thank you. So Sophie, thank you ever so much for joining me. Uh, on the episode today, it's been really great to hear about the the work that you're doing and and actually how important it is for organisations to prioritise social mobility and to make sure that it's included in their diversity and inclusion strategies. Because I work with so many organisations that that have a DNI strategy, but the the strategy just focuses on like one area, like uh, you know gender balance at board level, um, but it doesn't take into account uh, other aspects of diversity so um you know thank you for for doing such great work and i really hope the organizations that you work with are are actually seeing you know great great benefits in this space thank you toby and i would just say that this isn't diversity top trumps um this is not about socioeconomic background competing against gender or race or or any other of the characteristics if we get this right so if we have for example the, the correct transparent processes for example around work allocation or promotion then it will work for all in all employees, yeah. regardless of, of uh, what, whether we're looking at gender, race, or socioeconomic background, disability, etc. Absolutely, and all of our characteristics intersect as well. So we have a gender, we have a sexuality, we may have a disability, um, but we also have uh, you know a, a place in society and, and with social mobility. So all of those different characteristics intersect. So, um, yeah, thank you, Sophie, for joining me. It's great to catch up with you. Um, And thank you for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show with Sophie and myself. So hopefully you've um, learned something new and uh, some interesting tips there that you can take back to your own organisation. And if social mobility is something that you want to uh, look into further, then I would highly recommend reaching out to Sophie at Progress Together and through her website. So uh, until the next time, Take good care of yourself and I'll see you on the next episode of this Inclusive Growth Podcast very soon. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.